Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paula Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Wonder. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? Wonder is a 2017 film directed by Stephen Chbosky and written by Stephen Chbosky, Jack Thorne, and Steve Conrad, based on the 2012 novel by R.J. Palacio. This film stars Julia Roberts, Owen Wilson, Jacob Tremblay, as well as Mandy Patinkin, David Diggs, and many others child actors. It was produced by... Lionsgate, Mandeville Films, Participant Media, Walden Media, and Tick Films. So it had a whole lot of logos right at the beginning. It <laughs> I sure don't did. know why it was produced by so many, so many produ- production companies. That was a bit odd. I'd like to know the reason why that happened, but I don't know. Paul, would you like to tell us a bit about the plot of Wonder? Augie is an 11-year-old boy with facial deformities. He enters grade five and joins school for the first time, makes friends, makes enemies, and makes friends again. Meanwhile, his older sister has trouble with friends in high school. I think in plot terms, it's a fairly simple story. And that was it. Yes, it is. I mean, I could say, like, more detail, but basically, that's all the story is. Right? Mm-hmm. So, objectively speaking, how good of a movie do you think Wonder is? Well, I went into it having already read the book and really really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, in comparison to the book, objectively, it really lives up to it. Okay. But I also think that pacing is a bit slow. Yeah. And the child actors aren't the greatest. No. Aside from Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. What do you think? Basically, I think the same. I think um I think Mandy Patinkin is great. Mhm. I think Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson. Yep. He's very like if you like Owen Wilson, you'll like him in this. And if you don't, you won't. He's yeah. not doing anything new for him. And kind of Julia Roberts, too. Uh, Jacob Tremblay was fine. Was good, even. Mm, I, I think you. he was outstanding as a child actor. But he, it's probably hard beneath all that makeup. He is so phenomenal in the movie Room. Yeah. That... It, this a bit pales in comparison, but for a child actor to show the range of emotion that Augie has to show, I think he does an admirable job. Yeah, I, I'm. He did. I'm sure he did. I thought. It, I thought it was a bit flat, honestly. Okay. Uh, but and the other child actors were fine for child actors. They were not as good as him. Uh, they were a little child actory. Yeah, I felt like there's the beginning scene where they're touring him around the school and he's not really talking, Augie's yeah. not really talking, and I felt like, wow, these child actors are 
not the greatest. And it yeah. was before he really had a chance to talk. And so once he was really in in it, then I felt a little bit better about the movie. Yeah. Jack, the kid who played Jack was like doing his little best. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't bad. I think. No, not at all. And I mean, like, but, I don't want to by disparage. kid standards, he was even good. But just, like, by kid standards. Yeah, he was exactly. a child actor who is not uh, standing out among child actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a chance to, to get better, and he has a lot of charisma and charm. And then, like, other than that, the other child actors, like the bully Julian, is a little bit, like, uh, suffers from Draco's symptoms. Uh, syndrome where like it's partly because they're asking him to be a little bit mustache twirly yeah and like you know that's hard to do yeah i think he gives a bit more sympathy than draco though so that's good and i mean it's i mean i don't want to like disparage child actors because they're doing their best i often end up blaming the director Mm -hmm. because a director can get a better performance but it's hard it's hard to get a good performance out of child actors it really is and so a lot is on their shoulders. We had this trouble in Wrinkle in Time where Charles Wallace just wasn't getting, they weren't getting his best performance no. because it's really hard. Yeah. Kids and pets. Not Kids easy to pets. work with. I thought Via, I haven't seen her in anything. I don't know even her name, but I thought she was great. Yeah, she was in, I looked it up because I wanted to see. She has been in a TV series. She played, it was like bit parts in like the hundred and. <laughs> oh, jeez, The hundred. Got a complete side note, but it drove me crazy that they always called it the hundred instead of what it obviously should have been called, which is the 100. Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, she's been in the, the TV series, The Fosters. She has played young Kara on Supergirl. Oh. And that's a different actress than the other one who played Violet in. Series of unfortunate events. Yeah. So she's played one of the young Kara's in Supergirl. Mm. Yeah, I thought she did well. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like she was quite good and displayed range. Yeah. And I thought, like, I feel like in terms of the writing, I have a hard time. I suspect that the strongest strengths of the writing are all uh, transported from the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't read the book. You have. Yes. So adapting a book is difficult, and this clearly did it well because it was comprehensible and the themes were clear and the like ideas were well presented and whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree. It had a bit of pacing issues. I thought it was perfectly fine in terms of the writing. I thought it was perfectly fine in terms of the directing. I don't know that there was anything in the visuals that uh, really stood out as being Mm -hmm. particularly great. But there wasn't anything that stood out as being particularly bad either. Mm. The makeup on Jacob Tremblay to make him into Augie was amazing. It was really good. That's the one part of this movie that was nominated for an Oscar was makeup. And I gotta say, like... To put makeup like that on a child must have been hard. Must have been hard for him to sit through that kind of a application. And mm-hmm. I am really impressed by how it looks because yeah. I don't, for once, I never even once think about the fact that that's a kid in makeup. No, 
obviously you did, but well, no, until the <laughs> until the movie's over. Yeah, it was really good, really good makeup. I totally agree. Um, we haven't mentioned the care the one actor who really deserves to be mentioned among the adults. David Diggs was in this jam. Yeah, I know. He showed up, and we were like Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> it's. In terms of, like, objective jobs that people are doing, it's unfair because all he had to do was stand there and already I was like, it's amazing! Give him every award! (laughs) His hair alone! Exactly. So maybe I should talk about that and how much you like it instead of objectively. But good job casting. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) I think he also did a great job. I liked him as a teacher. I think he could have had a bigger role, but... And they could have asked him to sing. (laughs) <laughs> they could have. I can't believe he wasn't even like on the soundtrack or anything. Come oh. on. You got David Diggs there. We're like Friggin' Jefferson. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Kick uh, up that leg. Exactly. Although, I mean, like, to be honest, of course, you want as an actor to get to do lots of things, so we don't actually want him to be his Hamilton role no, in a movie. No. It was just very fun to see him. It's great. It's one of those things where, like, I know that Hamilton is the most popular thing that has ever been done, but there is a little sense of, like, a, hey, I I have personally rooted for him, you know? And so when he shows up, it feels almost like it's someone I know. Yeah, exactly. Because he's from something totally else that I really enjoyed him in, and then now he's hearing something different, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, we're getting way off track. Way off track. Is there anything else you want to mention in terms of the objective judgment of this movie? No, I don't think so. Okay. So apart from the objective judgments, how did you enjoy Wonder? To be honest, less than I expected. Hmm. So I guess because our oldest daughter has read this book a lot of times she, they did it in school and they went to go see the movie in theaters in school. And so she has been talking up this movie for a long time. It is her favorite. She loves it so, so much. And their school play was, or like assembly play thing was this past week. And it was all based on wonder. And they quoted things from the movie and the book and they sang uh, Wonder by, uh, what's her name? Natalie Merchant. Natalie Merchant. I keep saying Natalie Imbruglia, but that's not the same. No, not at all. Natalie Merchant. Natalie Merchant in the assembly. And like, and so this book has been like formative for her and her friends for so long that uh, we watched it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's good and I cried and whatever, but like, it's a bit slow and it's a bit like, I guess it's, it's the book, but it doesn't quite measure up the way I'd hoped it would, <laughs> the way that like it had been talked up to me. Yeah, this movie made me want to read the book. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, all of our kids talking up of the book made me kind of have a passing interest, but didn't really motivate me to sit down and read the book. But watching this movie kind of does motivate me to read the book because there are a few characters like Julian the Bully and uh, Summer who were didn't get a lot of insight into in the movie, but I understand that we get a lot more insight in the book and I would just kind of like to hear more about them. Yeah. So that actually motivates me to want to read the book more than anything else has so far. Um, 
I was moved by this movie. Like, it made me cry in a couple of points. My emotionally, my connection point was always with the parents. Yeah. With the mother, especially. Uh, the father was very... Well, maybe get to that in way too seriously. But he, you know, uh, wasn't very emotionally demonstrative. Mm-hmm. But even though, like, even though my kids' issues are not the same as this kid's issues, the idea of, like, sending your kid into the world and hoping that people will be kind to them. Yeah. I think that's relatable for any parent. And I also, like, the older daughter, Via, and, like, her friend suddenly isn't her friend anymore. And I actually look at that from a parent perspective, from, like... It's just going to get more and more as my kids grow up. It's just going to get more and more that I can't do anything to shield them from everyday heartbreak. Yeah. And like, I'm not only just making it about myself and my kids, but I kind of emote, I kind of uh, empathize from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But having said that, it moved me emotionally. I don't know that I necessarily feel any desire to ever watch this movie again yeah you know what i mean same i definitely likewise was was moved like i cried for a few moments and felt the same connection as you did with like the parent from the parent perspective from the uh what made me yeah cry most of all was the times when they're fighting with each other and the kid is overhe- overhearing mm-hmm. and how hard that is on a kid and on a parent. And I feel like the overall message of this film was kindness and goodness and a warm feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was as impactful as the book can Hmm. be and that was a little bit disappointing to me however i do think it was a good movie and i think like you said i don't really desire strongly to see it again but i think it was good yeah so should we get into the way portion of our show let's get into the way too seriously portion of our show are you gonna make yourself echo there No. Uh, You should. (laughs) As you mock me. Um, Where do you want to start? Well, I think you were kind of starting with, to talk a little bit about, and let's continue about the father. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if this is, uh, if I'm oversensitive. You are. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm like see it so often that like you know mom for emotional support and connection and dad for joshing around in video games yeah and like he had some emotional connection some but uh not a lot and like almost all fairly like uh mediated by like i'll show my emotional connection to my son by like joking with him about minecraft And it just is, yeah, I don't know. As a model of fatherhood, it's disappointing. 
and as a model of adult manliness. Mm. It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I'll push back a little bit on... He did show some, like, emotional range. He cried. You saw him, like, sitting at a table crying because their dog has died. <laughs> what? Oh, that's mean of me, but, like, that's what Owen Wilson can cry over a dead dog. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for Owen Wilson. How many dogs has he now cried over? Just, just the two, as far as I know. Just the two. What I'm looking for in terms of emotional uh, depth in the father is not so much like he cried over a dead dog. He showed some emotional vulnerability, but he didn't, well, he, except at the end about the helmet, when he was like, I want to see your face. You might not, might not like it, but I do because it's my son's face. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good moment. But there was still a lot of the movie where his relationship with Augie revolved around like, being the parent of comic relief. Mm. And yeah. when things got serious, he literally left the room. Yeah. Uh, and probably that wouldn't bother me, as with often of our way too seriously things, probably that wouldn't bother me at all if this was the only movie where that trope played. Mm-hmm. But this is the billionth movie where that trope plays, where if you want a serious emotional conversation with a parent, you go to mom. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I I think it's tired. And I mm-hmm. also think, like, it models emotional uh, shallowness and stuntedness for fathers in particular and men in general. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, I'm not saying, I think this movie actually was only about a 6 out of 10 in terms of how bad it, that it was at that I'm not saying this was a terrible example of it, but it just kind of did that same thing again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it did. I don't think it was, I I mean, I think you are slightly oversensitive on this because I do think that there was the joking around part. But I think of fathers that I've seen in movies, this one displayed a lot of emotion, displayed a lot of kindness and... Uh, engaged in their child's life and in a way you don't usually see in movies. Mostly telling him when someone pushes you, push back. You were in a fight. Did you win? Okay, yeah, there is that. There was that. But there's more than that. Yeah. This thing. That's true. It's not just that. So I appreciated that he was a fully rounded character where it included him crying and him being the macho tough dad or trying to be because he is that example of performative masculinity wherein uh, he has been told that he needs to be more tough. Yeah. And he's trying to with his son, even though he feels like crying all the time Yeah, because his son is getting hurt. Yeah. And that's his reaction because that's what society tells men that they have to be. And so he, yes, he is an example of that, but he's also a reflection of that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk a bit about was in terms of what's there and what's not there is uh, Summer's character from the book is a much bigger role. Mm-hmm. And by deleting her, 
a bit and upping up Jack's role, it really um, makes this a boy movie. It's very much about his relationship with all boys instead of a more balanced book, like in the, a balanced representation, like in the book. I don't disagree. They counter that a bit by Via really is a character. That is a good point. Who we spend a lot of time with and get a lot of the story from her perspective. Mm -hmm. And her story isn't, I mean, her story is, doesn't fit in the stereotype of a boy movie. No, no. But I do feel you that, like, I feel like what ends up happening is uh, by deleting Summer or reducing her so much is partly it makes it a boy-focused movie more. Partly it makes uh, friendships so gender-stratified. So Mm -hmm. Augie is friends with boys. Via has her best friend who's a girl. And when a boy is nice to her, it's her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, And cross-gender friendships are not really a thing. Yeah. Although, I mean, Summer is there. He does have a friendship with her. He does. She's in the book. It's from the start. She's the one who sits with him first in the cafeteria. And like, even in the movie, even not knowing the book at all, I can see that like, the focus on Summer, she's clearly an important character. But in terms of the movie, she's like, she's there. We are informed that they have a friendship, but the movie doesn't care to show us their friendship. It mm-hmm. shows us his friendship with Jack because Jack and his friendship is the one that matters. Yeah, exactly. However, I also understand from our daughter that uh, Augie and Summer never have a like drama. So I can see why the friendship that breaks and then is restored is more dramatically interesting for a movie Mm. than the friendship that just is maintained all the way through. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I can see why they would downplay Summer and and play up Jack because Summer's just his friend all the way through. There's not a story there. Mm -hmm. I find I was a little bit uh, curious in this about how many conflicts get solved with Violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, two. Two. <laughs> how many? I'll tell you how many. There's two of them. There's two of them. But at two points, you know, punch your problems until they get better. Yeah. And absolutely. it works both times. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. That I was really surprised at that. And the first time when Jack punches Julian, it's like... Julian has been just begging for a punch for the whole movie. Yes. And like, I don't condone or endorse violence in real life. In a fiction, like a physical explosion of emotional emotions that have been restrained up to that point, And also the like guy who's been a jerk gets punched in the face. Those are both satisfying. Very satisfying. And... Then Jack has consequences, mm-hmm. and he is prepared to accept greater consequences. And Jack does not come out of that interaction, I think, believing that punching someone out is the way to solve his problems. Mm-hmm. But the end, when they're at camp, there are no consequences for anyone. And like, I got in a fight. Yay, good for you. And like, what happens when there's a fight? Everyone makes better friends, and everything gets better for everyone. Yeah. 
So the end fight at camp, I was like, "Ah, why are you doing this? Yeah. And even like one of the shots was like the older boy lying on the ground with a bunch of them kicking him. And I was like, are they going to like actually hurt him? Is this going to be a thing? But no. I thought it was going to be. And I feel like I, you know, would have to watch it again. But I feel like the older boy is lying on the ground and Augie kicks him in the junk while the older girl is like crying practically being like, no, stop. Yeah. And then they go from that to like, yay, we did it. We defeated them. We're the champions. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yes, those older kids were bullies. But like, children, this is not how to solve your problems. And more importantly, movie this is not how to solve your problems. Mm-hmm. This is not choosing kind. This is not no. being. Yeah. I like in this movie as not so much a problem as a theme. The two kind of themes, the two precepts, as they say, mm-hmm. which is not quite what a precept is, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the two precepts are that are like central to the book and that they highlight in the movie too are uh, uh, when given a choice between being right and being kind, choose kind and be kind because everybody is fighting their own battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> However they phrase it, but yeah. that concept. And the second one, I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. That, like, like everyone has their own issue, their own issues. I really, really liked the point in the movie where they take like the two moves changes of focus in the movie that I loved uh, are we're focused on Augie and then we shift to his sister via and like how she's also having a really hard year mm-hmm. that no one cares about. Yeah. And that like really got me. Mm-hmm. And then I loved as much, then we get the shift to, like, her friend who abandoned her has her own issues and her own, re- like, I thought that was so well done. Mm-hmm. And thematically, like, I thought that was such an important theme. I thought that was more important and profound than be kind to everyone always. That, like, what does that mean and why? Like, everyone has their own full story. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what I think... Uh, that's why I would have really liked to have seen Julian's story, because in the book, apparently, there is something to him. We get no. a little glimpse of it. No? Well, when in the original book, there isn't a Julian chapter. The author published a later book with an Ju- extra Julian chapter, hmm. basically because the book has him as an unredeemed bully. Right. And and you see the parents a bit, but then she decided, well, he can't be an unredeemed bully. Here's Julian's chapter. Right. And so you then you saw more details about that part. Because even in the one of the, like, really emotionally uh, hard moments in the movie is when, like, Julian is sitting in the principal's office and the principal is like, he's a bully who's picking on this kid. And his parents are like, no. So what would you have us do? Bend over backwards for every single person in the world? Nobody can get their feelings hurt, ever? <laughs> you are not doing these kids any favors. Mrs. Albans, Augie can't change the way he looks. Yeah, exactly. Right? And oh. I, the person I feel for, obviously, 
maybe it's not obvious, but the person I feel for is Julian. Mm -hmm. Like when you're being cruel and your parents are giving you okay to do that, that is emotionally harmful to you. Absolutely. Uh, So I liked, I think that uh, was a theme that I really appreciated in this movie. And I think that's one of the things that saves this movie from being what it is in danger of being, which is uh, disability inspiration porn. Yes, I agree. And I don't know if it saves it. Mm-hmm. And that's my next point of discussion, unless you have want to touch on what... Well, I just want to touch a little bit on the Julian part, that what the thing that stood out to me about uh, the Julian part with, the, with his parents was that the mother was cruel yeah. and that it isn't only kids who are cruel yeah. that you come away for You can come away from a movie like this going like, Oh man, kids are cruel. They're so mean to each other when they're that age, when they're young, but no parent, like Photoshopping Augie out of the class picture. That is literally what someone might do. And it's so awful. And like to realize that, Cruel kids can grow up and be cruel adults, and we need to continue this attitude of kindness and of uh, generosity of people going through their own thing into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And I think it was surprising to our kids to see, like, oh man, adults can be mean too. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to touch on is what I already said that, like, I said that the focus on Via and on Miranda kind of saves this movie from being uh, disability inspiration porn. Um, but do you, can you want to define what you mean by that? Yeah. I'm going to start, I'm just going to say, I'm not sure it does quite save it. And what do I mean by disability inspiration porn? I mean that ending where let's give him an award for existing. Yeah. Okay. So disability inspiration porn, in general, is this, like, disabled people exist for you, the normal, to be inspired because their life is so hard and they go through so much and they inspire you, a normal, to live your normal life with greater, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's connected to, like, uh, aim. All kinds of this um, condescending prejudice mm-hmm. of like mentally disabled people, but they're so good and it doesn't matter. Like it, not only it doesn't matter, it's like I think that by virtue of their angelic goodness, they've taught me more than anyone else. And it's connected to not disability, but to poverty that like the poor are so their poverty gives them this clarity and good true soul that those and it's especially like in third world countries exactly you'd be like oh they don't have the trappings of us with our 50 pairs of shoes they're just so happy to get one new pair of shoes every year and like no but like it's not the same yeah and and so when i bring it back up again to like it is a danger to represent uh, disabled people as if the, their reason for existing is to inspire 
everyone around them to be better. Yeah. Which is literally how this movie ends. Mm-hmm. That Augie is a wonder because he, just by existing and going to school while having facial deformities, has inspired everyone to be better. And it's and then to award him for that, well, that's not... I get what they're trying for, but I worry that... Uh, I would have been happier to have had him get an award for his science project being Which he great. Did. What? Which he did. He got first place. Which he did. He got first place. But the like, I understand the idea that like he, uh, that Mr. Uh, Tushman. Tushman, Mr. I was going <laughs> to. My brain went, Mr. Fartbutt? No, that can't be right. Um, Mandy Patinkin's character says, you know, the the greatest is the one whose strength raises the most hearts. Like, that's a profound thought. It really is. Mm -hmm. But disabled people don't exist to raise your heart. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little troubled by that as the ending of the movie. Definitely, I agree with that assessment. There is an element of this. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He literally didn't. No. I I thought for a second that Jack was going to win the award. Yeah. But then I was also offended by that because he wins it for being kind to the disabled kid. Like, For like not... Letting the disabled, letting the deformed kids sit alone. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a low bar to give someone an award for. Yeah. Which leads me to, to the other trouble about just the concept of making this into a movie. Mm-hmm. One of the things about Wonder is that she never gives a physical description of what Augie looks like. All you know is that he's had lots of surgeries and there's something wrong with his face. Something right. different about his face. Right. And so you can imagine any level of what would scare you about someone's face. And so when they take it into a movie, they have to give you an exact face as to what it looks like. Yeah. And I felt like it wasn't enough hmm. to be as scary as kids might find it. Yeah. But... I also think that there are, of course, there are many children who do have facial deformities. And to do they see themselves on that screen or do they see a mockery of themselves? It's, I don't know. And add to that, that like Jacob Trombley is doing a great job, but there are kids who have facial deformities Hmm. I bet you there's kids with facial deformities who would love to star in a movie. Good point. But let me act, let me put on makeup, put and on makeup that. to reproduce your experience for you. Hmm. That's a good point too. I'm like, it's hard. I'm not, you know, I think that making this into a movie may have been a mistake from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying is that it takes away from some of the messages of you don't get a description. And so it's up to your imagination. Mm-hmm. And 
some of the, that impact is taken away by turning it into a feature film. Yeah. The other thing to mention is uh, the diversity of the cast. Yeah. What do you think it, about that? It is somewhat diverse. Mm-hmm. I, it's heavy on the white. I'm not going to pretend like it's not, but it does have several actors of color, several named actors of color that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be Diggs, some of the it's summer in the, I don't know the actress's name, but the girl plays summer, which they deliberately made her change her from the book, which is always, I appreciate. Um, but and like a few background kids, but definitely not the percentages of real life. Mm-hmm. So there is that, especially for New York. Especially for, yeah. It takes place in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, although I guess it, it takes place in gentrified private school Brooklyn. It does. The thing about all of that, I feel it is one more strike against uh, the greatly diminished role of summer. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, I was going to mention that and I forgot to. That like, I feel like if summer had been as major a role as Jack, I would feel like this movie did quite well. Mm-hmm. Same. But, but since she isn't, I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not satisfied. Yeah. You will never be satisfied. I will never be satisfied. <laughs> I liked, uh, Speaking of actors of color, though, um, this isn't a way too seriously. It's just a uh, Via's boyfriend, Jacob. He was the one who was called Jacob. Sure. I didn't remember. But yeah. I thought I liked him as an actor. Mm. I thought he was very charismatic and charming. Yeah. And I'd like to see him in more things. Yep. And I totally see what she sees in him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Maybe maybe that was too much. Too much. Too much. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> so, is it good? Is it seriously good? I think it's medium. Yeah. Same. Like I'm not writing home about this movie. I don't think it was bad, but I'm not. Don't think it's the greatest movie ever by any means. Mm-hmm. How about seriously? Is it seriously good? I think in the end it is seriously good. I think it has its issues that we mentioned, but I think it seriously comes on the side of seriously good. It's seriously good with some caveats that are, I would really love, once again, and this comes up every once in a while on Way Too Seriously, because I am a straight, white, able-bodied man. (laughs) Cis man. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know anything about anything except intellectually. That is, I've read other people's takes and I can theorize, but I have no experience with uh, being any kind of a marginalized group. Mm -hmm. So if you have insights into uh, disability issues from a more informed position... I would love to hear them and hear your thoughts about Wonder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So from my perspective, that uh, is the thing that challenges it being good, but it's not enough to challenge. I think there's enough positive about it that I'm still going to call it seriously good. But if someone wants to educate us 
we would love to be educated. Right? Sure. It's not really their job. It's not really their job to educate us. That's why I'm saying, I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying Uh, someone wants to. I would say more if you want to engage us, but educating us is our own job. Okay. Engage us from, with your perspective. How would someone do that, Bob? You can do that by finding us on Twitter at WTScast. You can send us an email, waytoseriouslycast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit, and those links are in the show notes. If you like this show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to support our podcasting, you can do that at patreon.com slash clockworkscast. All right. Awesome. So I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And I wonder what I'm going to use as a sign-off this time. I don't know. I wonder what it could possibly be. I wonder. (laughs) Lame. (laughs) 